True Grit by Charles Portis, Chapter 6. Maddie knows that she cannot be weak for a single second on this trip. Rooster and Labeef are expecting her to hold them back, and she knows that she must not fail them. Portis is quick to establish that the territory is not Fort Smith, and the violence and or the threat of violence is the one true law. In the opening moments of this chapter, Rooster tosses two boys in the mud twice for their treatment of a donkey and tells them he will kill them if they do not change their ways. And they understand his words are not to be empty threats. The ways of the territory are presented as half-truths, lies, slight deceptions, and keep your information tight until you truly gain an advantage. As Rooster and Labeef attempt to have conversations about their lives, it's murky at best, and it becomes clear that the key to this world is to be in the moment, with who you are with, and not to worry about the past. Maddie watches this, but as a 14-year-old, she doesn't know what to make of their banter or accusations, and frequently redirects her thoughts back to the only true unifier, the arrest of Tom Chaney. With the trio back on track, the incident with Quincy and Moon is the first step towards finding Ned Peppers, which will hopefully lead to Tom. Maddie watches as Rooster lies his way into the shack, then slowly tries to get the men to turn over information. The lawlessness of the scene is presented in stark contrast to Maddie's limited but important interaction with Moon and Quincy. She references laws and lawyers, but all four men in the room know this world has no place for either. As Moon breaks and starts to share info, Quincy chops off the majority of his hand with a knife, and both men in return shoot one another. Quincy dies immediately, but Moon is able to divulge a bit of information before passing. While searching the bodies, a gold coin of Frank Ross is found in Quincy's pocket, and the trio knows they are on the right path to both Ned Peppers and Tom Chaney. Labeef and Rooster cultivate a plan, and the waiting game for the gang to return to the shack allows Portis to let Maddie explore Rooster's background in a sleepy conversation as she struggles to stay awake. Rooster has no issue sharing a very complicated and distorted past. A one-time Confederate soldier, Rooster explains everything from his lost eye, his attempt to join the Union as a field agent, his robbery of federal agents of $4,000, his short time as a husband, father, and restaurant owner, his divorce, working in Texas, robbing a high-interest bank, which he did not consider theft in New Mexico, his theory about riding directly into battle, and lastly, reconnecting with Potter, which opened the door to becoming a U.S. Marshal. The background speaks to the Wild West mythology that Rooster represents, not just to the reader, but to the other characters living in the world with him. Maddie can hardly stay awake, but Portis makes sure to allow the reader to understand the complexity of Rooster, and that there is more to the story, and more to his story, than just a gritty cowboy on a mission. The second depiction of violence takes place when Rooster and Labeef attempt to ambush Ned Peppers. Ned Peppers and the original Greaser Bob escape the attack, but two others, Hayes and Billy, are left dead, and Tom Chaney is nowhere to be found. Labeef and Rooster collect the bodies and the horses and go on their way to an outpost. Rooster knows where Ned will be and a plan needs to be put in place. It is Rooster who tries to get Maddie to stay behind, but Labeef thinks she can carry her weight now. The chapter ends with the trio now entering the final phase, one that Rooster knows won't be easy and no one will go unscathed. We have four questions we're going to focus on for chapter six. Number one, 
What have we learned about life in the territory? Number two, how have the characters of Labeef and Rooster evolved in this chapter? Should we consider them heroes? Do heroes exist in this world? Number three, how is Maddie handling the violence? Is the old narrator version of Maddie being honest regarding the 14-year-old's version of her thoughts and feelings during these complicated, violent times? And number four, Maddie continues to have confidence in Rooster. Is this only because of their business agreement or is there more to it? Look forward to our conversation and your written responses.